We're in the end game now, Seth. We're in the end game now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's the it's like the shallow, like. Oh, in yeah. the end, game. <laughs> For the folks at home, uh, you're listening to this in the future, as related to us. So you may have already seen Avengers Endgame. But uh, as of this recording, we are 25 or 24, actually for you, 22 short, wait, 21. And it's not very long from now. (laughs) And we are pretty psyched. So if we seem, uh, if we seem a little distracted, that's, that's what we're looking forward to. I'm watching porn right now. That's why I'm distracted. Oh, okay. Seth is looking at some titties. Uh, Nothing wrong with that. Wait, nice. Why would you assume, why do you just assume titties? Okay. Sorry. I take it back. (laughs) (laughs) I take, I I take back the the sounder. There, um, <laughs> we uh, we are very excited for Endgame. I've finished my movie adventure of the MCU, and so I'll talk about that a little bit later on. Uh, and and for next week's episode, we're going to be talking about our reactions to Endgame, and uh, we're certainly excited to do that. Uh, early early indications are that it's pretty exciting. So uh, we are certainly pumped. Uh, but before before we jump into the rest of the show, Seth, I don't know what the fuck this is, but you you have told me I need to sh- let the world hear this thing. Uh, can you set it up for us before we play it? Uh, sure. So uh, I'll I'll be honest first. I took this from another podcast, but it was so weird and different uh, that that I uh, had to share. But so growing growing up, we had some interesting toys. Uh, we had some some fun. You know, franchise type toys. Uh, you know, your Transformers, your Power Ranger toys, your creepy crawlers, that your Easy Bake Ovens. But nowadays, it seems like they kind of got bored with a lot of the stuff that that has existed in the past. Kids, for whatever reason, have to play with different things, dis- discover new, I would say, uh, substances to uh, play with. Now, uh, can't just can't just get away with Gak anymore. You got to go with different slime things. So. This is this is uh, an an advertisement for uh, a toy that honestly, if we would have had when I was around as a kid, it probably uh, would have changed my life. Poopsie, 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 sparkly critters. Unbox critter inside. You feed him a drink, shake, shake, surprise. Will she spit or poop? Oh no! It's a slime surprise. Unicorn matches sparkle slime too. Slime surprise. Will she spit or poop? What poopsie, poopsie, poopsie. <laughs> well, thank you for having that stuck in my goddamn head for the next year. Isn't that an amazing theme song? That is, I, so like, yeah, that's great. The song is great and everything, but that is a horrifying fucking toy. You basically, <laughs> right? just, you stuff a bunch of crap into this animal and then squeeze it and it either pukes all over you or shits all over you. That's the game. <laughs> right? Like, how weird is that? Man. That, that's a, and like now there's a ton of poop toys that are legitimate, like, the, that that's a commercial for that's been on TV for kids. Like, there's other ones like that too. There's like the booger games. There's the poop games. It's crazy. Well, that is that is stressing. That that is very poopsie, stressing. Poopsie, poopsie. <laughs> My God, I'm glad I'm gonna go. I'm gonna think of that when I go to sleep tonight. Is a stupid ass song. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, we're off to a great start. It's episode 91. Of the Shoko Show. I didn't introduce this before, but you have, you've already heard from Seth Ott today. This is, of course, the voice of Scarlett Cohanson for the final week. And we are going to be going through our new 
new release, totally not rectal anymore exam uh, <laughs> at the end of the show. So make sure you stay tuned for that. And uh, I may be earning myself a new creative nickname for next month, but we shall see. Let's jump into the show. We got a lot to cover today, mostly from, t- in fact, entirely from movie and TV this week. Uh, but before we get into any of that, we got to start with Chic Tweets. I call you a punk. So this is actually going to be a trilogy of Iron Cheek tweets. Uh, tweet, tr- tweet, trilo- tweet trilogy. <laughs> tweet trilogy. There we go. For whatever reason, Iron Cheek went on a tirade this week about William Shakespeare. Uh, kind of. <laughs> okay. Did something come out about William Shakespeare this week that I missed, or did just Iron Sheik go crazy and and William Shakespeare for no reason? I don't know. But there's typically not a lot of new news coming out about <laughs> about old Bill, so I, I have no clue. Billy S is uh, not creating much news, huh? Um, <laughs> William Shakespeare uh, is referenced multiple times here. The first one, William Shakespeare, or or the cheesecake, or whatever the fuck your name is, go fuck yourself. Oh, of course, that makes total sense. Yeah. Uh, again, I has 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 William Shakespeare ever been referred to as the cheesecake? Maybe maybe it's because he's like Shakespeare is like a god. And cheesecake is God, like that. That's that true. I I support. So maybe that's maybe he's just he just didn't he didn't show his work. But I agree with where he landed. If that's the case, <laughs> the uh, sequel to the original Billy Billy S tweet is to be or not to be a jabroni. That is the question. That's this true. Is, this is yeah. This is more in line with with what I expect from the chic. And yeah. uh, but f- I think that's a fair question. But but finally, the uh, coup de gras of of the uh, of the trilogy: uh, some are born great, some achieve greatness, and some have greatness upon them. But none of them ever be the Iron Sheik class. Iron mm. Shakespeare. Oh my God! Is that actually <laughs> what he said? Iron Shakespeare. Yeah. Yeah. That is fucking great. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Iron Shakespeare. That is fucking. I can't even. I can't even make a tag on the end of that. That's just brilliant. That's that's a plus shit. This is why. This is why. Every single week, we read your she tweets because of gems like that. I call you a punk. It's interesting, Seth. We're gonna have a couple pieces of news this week that are sort of straddling multiple areas that we usually cover. Um, because we've got some video game news, both in TV and in movies. Uh, let's start with uh, an exciting bit that I'm I'm stoked to talk about here in TV. That's what she said. TV. So uh, we have, I think, for a long time, been talking about the upcoming Halo live action series, and uh, I'm certainly fired up about this because Master Chief is the shit, and I think that it's going to be amazing, especially because they're taking a long time to put this out. And uh, we're expecting it, I don't even know when yet. Um, I'm unable to find a release date for this. So it's still early stages, still pre-production, but we have our Master Chief. And I'm pretty stoked that they have him picked out, but I'm, I'm a little, I, I'm, I'm not sure what I think of the casting. Pablo Schreiber is going to be playing the Chief, and uh, Seth, if you're if you're not familiar with that name, then it's because you haven't seen any of the following films that he has appeared in. Um, <laughs> he was in Thirteen Hours, which I think was the uh, Benghazi movie, if I remember right. Um, he was in Den of Thieves, which I actually liked, and I like him in mm-hmm. that. 
but he's a very different character from the Chief, so it's kind of interesting. He was in Skyscraper with The Rock. Hell yeah. He Actually, he was in First Man. I know we, we saw First Man, but I don't remember which mm-hmm. character he played. Uh, mm-hmm. His The character name isn't ringing a bell. Where you might remember him from, though, is... Porn Stash. Orange, Orange is the New Black, baby. That's Porn Stash. Yep. Um, and I'm just learning this, actually. I did not I did not know that yep. to be the case. So what do you think of Porn Stash as the Chief? <laughs> <laughs> oh, old Chief Pornstash over there. <laughs> um, no, Chiefy Pornstash. He, uh, <laughs> I, I like him as an actor. Um, he actually did have to kind of have some range in Orange Is the New Black. That's all I've really, re- at least, remember him in. That, that's what I've seen him the most in. Obviously, uh, he had quite a bit of screen time in that show. But I liked him in that. I, I think he, I think he had had to do some some different things he's funny but he's also he can play kind of a douchebag i don't know if i've ever seen him i i know i've never seen him as like a hero type but i've heard th- good things about 13 hours too so um yeah it's cool it's, it's cool that they're finally getting it underway because it's been it's been talked about for like 12 years now or something like that it's been a long um, time actually there's a documentary being made or is on hold about the original uh attempt to make the movie of it like it's been going on f- since you know a few years after the first game came out, so um, it's been going on going on for quite a while, and uh, yeah, it's it, it's it's good that it's finally getting underway. The Peter Jackson was, I think, set to do that film, and it was going to be amazing, but uh, was did not come together. And I think Bruce Willis was rumored to be the chief at one point, which that would have <laughs> been pretty wild. But the Paul Schreiber, I like his. I guess the only thing that's going to matter really is the is the voice. Because he's not, you're not going to see his face, probably. You've mm-hmm. never seen the Chief's face. Um, and I don't know. I guess he doesn't. So Pablo Schreiber is a is a half-brother to Lieb, Lieb Schreiber, who I think has a way better Master Chief voice. But maybe maybe this guy <laughs> has, has some vo- vocal range, and he's going to be able to get down into that gritty ass, like the manliest man of all time, Master Chief. Uh, and so oh, I'm, yeah. It doesn't. Like that. <laughs> you dig it. <laughs> I'm the chief and I'm gonna get you. <laughs> Dig it. I would watch the fuck out of that movie. <laughs> Randy Savage. Or that the show. Chief. Oh my god. If he and like end of the last episode he finally psh, pops his helmet off and then Ooh yeah. I'll take you down in three seconds. <laughs> Dig it. Oh, that is that is brilliant. Uh, I'm not I'm not put off by Pablo Schreiber. I'm just a little curious, and so I'm certainly interested to see where they go next. But to your point, very excited that things are moving forward with Halo the series. So we will keep an eye on that going forward. That's our only bit of TV news this week. But Seth, you finished up a couple of shows, so let's hear what you thought about them in the TV corner. Television down on the corner. Nobody puts baby. So you've got a couple of comedies that are of my favorite type, the 30-minute variety. And uh, I'm interested to see. One of them has been going on for a few years. One of them is brand new. I'll let you pick out what we're going first, but I'm excited to hear about both of these. Uh, I'll start with the brand new one, and that's called Shrill. Not that brand new. It came out in, like, I think, March. But um, Shrill with uh, A.D. Bryant. I almost said Amy Poehler. A.D. Bryant. Um, she's really the only recognizable person in the show. But uh, it's I think it's it's slightly based on some experiences she's had and stuff. But six episodes, thirty minutes on Hulu. Um, it's uh, I mean it's kind of a slice of life show. Uh, it's you know her dealing. She's a and this she's a reporter 
writes columns for like a website type, like a smaller website type thing is it show deals with a lot of different things, relationships. It deals with uh, being overweight. It deals with like internet trolls. Um, there's some, <laughs> the, the internet trolls kind of like an overarching thing in, in the show. Um, it's kind of a funny payoff at the end with that, but yeah, it's uh it's just kind of what, like I said, a kind of a slice of life type of thing. Um, Ad Bryant's the lead, of course. She's, she's she, her, her sense of humor is kind of kind of fun in this. It's very like, she, she plays off just like very, like she's she's smart, knows what's going on, but like the way she's just everything's like very lighthearted and like quippy. Like she doesn't take a lot of things seriously, even though it's like a lot of serious shits happening to her. So that kind of does make her likable, uh, in in a lot of ways. But also at the same time, her character makes a lot of really stupid choices too. And choices where you'd be like, after you make them two, three, four, five times, you're just like, you're fucking stupid. Stop it. <laughs> um, so that that gets kind of frustrating with her. I do like the the supporting cast she she has around her. Again, none of them are really recognizable, um, but she has like the uh, idiot boyfriend, the uh, lesbian roommate slash best friend, the the work friend who is like. Her work buddy, you know, he's married and has a wife, but he, they're like very like they're like co like a work husband work wife type thing. So they kind of got like all that in there. That being said, I mean the show is it itself. It's like I said, very short, very slice slice of life. So the characters do make some decisions that get very frustrating, especially Ad Bryant's character. It kind of kept me from enjoying this because after a certain point, it's just like stop doing that, like move past it and learn. And it just never feels like it doesn't feel like there's a lot of growth in the show. Um, and that's kind of it seemed like the point. The point is supposed to be that is is growth. So that gets frustrating. It is funny. Like there's some funny moments, but nothing that really kept me like there wasn't like a laugh a, a minute type of thing. It was just like very once in a while, like two three times an episode, they'd throw in something pretty funny. Um, and most of that was just Ad Bryant kind of being you know fun and quippy. But uh, I, I think it's I think it's worth watching. It's not you know I'm not gonna say rush out there and watch it or buy Hulu for it. But if you have Hulu and and you know, want to watch basically like a three hour movie of A.D. Bryant, you know, check it out. It's fun. So I, I think overall, um, I would give, give shrill like 3.7, uh, internet trolls out of five. There you go. 3.7 solid score. And to your point, I mean, this is not a long commitment, just a few hours. Um, this reminds me of a, a show that you recommended a while back, Miracle Workers, uh, which is again, short comedy, just a few hours in total. I watched that uh, and really enjoyed it over the course of like two days. So it sounds like this is kind of in that vein, something you you know maybe binge through uh, relatively quickly, and uh, not going to change the world, but a good way to spend a couple hours. Yeah, kind of. I, it does kind of start in like a weird place. Um, maybe some material that not everyone uh, can get along with, but um, after that, it's it's not really that controversial. It's pretty. I mean, they do talk about some heavy subjects like the weight and the internet trolls and stuff like that, but uh, it's not like n- nothing too you know, tough to get through and there's, you know, some jokes and, and yeah, it's a pretty easy watch. So, so what are you getting from Edie Bryant here? You think she's got the, she's got the, the chutzpah to uh, carry something like this. Is she going to maybe get another shot at doing something similar or do you see more seasons for shrill? I don't know if I see more seasons for shrill. It doesn't seem like it's necessarily, I mean, it could go more, they left it open for more, but it seems like it was one of those more like one and done things. But in terms of Ad Bryant, she is uh, she she definitely does a really good job. She's she's got the charisma. She's she's very believable um, as, as that character. I never really sat there and thought, oh, this is you know Ad Bryant. I was like, oh, this is I think her name's Annie. 
in the show. I, you know, I believed her as the character the entire time. So um, I, I could definitely see her as long as she doesn't start falling down and stuff. Then, <laughs> then I'm good. I was going to say, where would you put her on the on the pantheon of big, funny ladies? Uh, Melissa McCarthy, Rebel Wilson and her. Where does she fit in? She's closer to Melissa McCarthy in terms of like ability mm-hmm. um, and, and acting. You know, she 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 did have to do some really serious stuff in this. Now, I can't say like, you know, Melissa McCarthy has been doing this for a while and she's had a lot of different roles. So I can't say she's, you know, on the level of Melissa, Mc, Melissa McCarthy yet. But I could see her getting there someday um, if, uh, if if she you know kept going because she she definitely does have to have to have some range in this show, too. So. I'm glad to hear that the report is good on her. I love her on SNL, so I'm happy to hear that that she does well in this. And I, this is a, this is a show that's on my list, uh, and I, it's, I'm glad that it's gotten your endorsement, uh, at least at the 3.7 Internet Trolls out of 5. Uh, so I will keep it on my list. Uh, don't forget, folks, let us know. Let Seth know at Seth O'Water at Soko Show Pod what you thought of Shrill, uh, as well as what you thought of our next show, Seth. This one's a Netflix original. Sure is. Um, it's a show that I've talked about, I think, since the beginning, or at least the the second season. I know I reviewed, but it's a uh, Santa Clarita Diet, which is the Drew Barrymore and Timothy Oliphant led show, uh, where Drew Drew Barrymore is a zombie, and uh, they're kind of living in in suburban house life. They're realtors. Um, they have a daughter. Just kind of very. They're in a traditional situation and not a traditional life. So this season one was kind of the setup with everything with the family and getting introduced and kind of learning some of the rules of the the uh, the zombie stuff. Season two was a lot more um, kind of them dealing with it now and, you know, moving, you know, moving forward with it. And then season three is the first season that has like a kind of a roadblock in it. The, the main the main story of this one is that there's this Serbian group that is always out to kill zombies and that's their main goal. And they have like, it's kind of set up in like a kind of like a cult in a way, but there's like different leaders of different sections of the the country in each city. There's like a certain leader. It's kind of, it's kind of interesting if they set it up, but it's, it's uh, Joel is the name of Timothy Oliphant um, and Joel and Sheila need to kind of try and avoid that. They're also dealing with still more of like the, the getting used to it. I mean, they, they're, they're all Sheila's in it now and like, she's fully zombie. She's got a system down of like killing people and killing bad people. She's always trying to kill like, like Nazis and criminals and, you know, wife beaters and stuff like that. Um, Joel is now also dealing with the fact that she's going to live forever. She want uh, she is proposing ideas for him, stuff like that. That's kind of a fun, they kind of have a fun dynamic throughout because this season is much more like those two are off and then uh, their daughter and the, her friend who like been like best friends growing up, they're kind of off doing their thing. Um, he's played by the, I don't know who the daughter's played by, but the, 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 the friend is played by the kid from vacation. He's God, he, he is, he is absolutely hilarious. He is so funny. <laughs> There's also, they also just throw like a lot of different, like stuff in with in terms of like the zombie lore because there's like a lore behind it there's like this book that tells the story of how the zombies happen and how they need to how they can stop the the like deterioration process and stuff like that there's there's this funny little thing um so when when they get turned into a zombie they throw up and they throw up this ball and this ball ends up sprouting legs (laughs) and and uh so they like it's like a pet they put it in an aquarium and call it mr ball legs (laughs) and and uh it so that's got like its little own thing in the show for a couple seasons but this show is it has a really amazing 
um, just rapport. It had, especially these this season three. They they're super comfortable in in their characters. They they have a ton of chemistry together. Not even though they're they're kind of apart. They also it, they do come together quite often too. Um, like the main stories are separate, but then they come together at points and reconvene and just whether it be Joel and Sheila or the, you know, the two kids or all four together, no matter, no matter when they're on a screen in some combination, it's great. This show, like from the opposite of shrill, this show is like a laugh a minute. Like there's something funny that happens constantly, mostly revolving around the kid from vacation. I don't know. It's, it's, it's hilarious. Um, it's, it, the timing is perfect. You also though, like you buy into these people, the, the chemistry they all have together, the, the, the way they, like they know each other so well. It seems like even though it's only been three seasons, it just seems like they know each other so well. I, I just genuinely laugh multiple times every episode. And, and there's only certain shows that do that for me. And, and like Brooklyn nine, nine's one. That's really the only one like on TV, because that's another one where characters, they know each other so well, and no matter who's on the screen together, they can create some sort of chemistry and, and rapport with each other. And they each have their own distinct rapport too, which is cool. Uh, Santa Clarita Diet was is a show that I I just was binging constantly, and I loved watching every single episode. I was looking forward to watching the next episode because I knew I'd get something great out of it every single time. There's I can still remember I, I finished it like a week ago. There's there's just certain things that I think about still makes me laugh. Certain moments, it's great. Uh, the writing is incredible in this show. In terms of like the story though, like they do they do a good job in this season of adding in some characters that that fit in well with the family when when they're when they are apart um they just do a good job of of making these all these characters fit in and have make sure making sure the jokes are spread out with everyone it's like there's not really a bad character in the show it's it's just amazing job i i love it um i'm actually going to give this one a pretty high rating it's one of my higher ones uh 4.8 mr ball legs out of five wow that is high you do love that show i do Sounds like it's getting canceled, so that's going to be sad. But that's a shame, yeah. um, especially for you. So okay, uh, if season three is a four point eight, that's obviously very great. Um, mm-hmm. But on the whole, if you assume that this is the end of the show, on the whole, mm-hmm. seasons one through three sounds like you're giving it a huge recommend. Yeah, I would say make sure you get through the first season. Now, I'm not saying the first season's bad by any means. It's fun, but it, like I said, it's it's establishing things, so you don't mm-hmm. quite have. You don't quite have the the rapport yet. They're building that. You don't quite have the the you know joke a minute thing because they're still building that. Season two does a better job of it, but season three, like I said, is great. Um, they also introduce some you know some different like different angles. The I mean, you can see it from the beginning, but the the daughter and the and her friend clearly have like you know a will they won't they thing going on, and they they really hit hard into it with season three. That. Like that, that whole storyline was amazing. I, I was, I was like rooting for them to like, just fucking kiss already. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I was really bought into these characters and, and it's a shame that this it's going away, but it's a show that like when, when season three came out, I was excited to watch it, but I wasn't like anticipating it hard. I wasn't like putting it at the top of my list. I was finishing some other things first and all that. So when I finally got around to it and I was watching it, I'm like, God damn it. The show is great. And every episode that kept going on, I was like, just give me more of this. It's genuine laughs it's amazing you know character uh, development and and rapport with each other amazing chemistry 
it's great. I it's and it's for adults too. It's not like it's a kid's um, you know, like a kid show. It like they're swearing at each other. They show some pretty nasty gore, but it's all done in a pretty lighthearted way. There's a zombie head that was uh that that's like their assistant for their business. Like just weird shit like that. But it's so fun and it's it's not hard to watch. It's not gonna drag you down. It's it's it, it's it's so much fun. I love it. I love this. And this is a Netflix. I bet I could download this. I got a I got a flight coming up. Uh, mm-hmm. On the day this this releases, that might this might be something I try to I try to get through, um, or at least do, uh, watch a portion of during my flights. This sounds right up my fucking alley, and it's something that I've seen a little bit of, and uh, and I can vouch for that I've really really enjoyed what I've seen. But I I, mm-hmm. I would very much like to sit down and really just enjoy this uh, from start to finish. So that's cool. So this, I mean, I knew you liked the show, but I am shocked to hear a four point eight. Uh, what was it? Leg balls. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Ball Legs. Mr. Ball Legs. 4.8 Mr. Ball Legs out of five. Santa Clarita Diet. You can catch it on Netflix. Uh, it gets a high, high recommend from Seth. So make sure you're checking that out. And once you have, again, hit him up on the tweets. Let him know what you think. Let's make the jump from TV into movies. And we're going to start by making the quota. What's your name? Fuck you. That's my name. <laughs> my name is Inigo Montoya. And I quote... Seth has found a quote from a movie. I need to figure out who said it and in what film. What do you got for us this week? Chemistry is the one with shapes and shit, right? Oh, I love this. Um, I'm pretty sure this is Channing Tatum in the first, uh, in 21 Jump Street, right? That's a good pull. That's correct. Aha, uh-huh, yeah. Um, good for me. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I love that movie. Like, I remember going to... Did we go to this together in theaters? I think so. Or am I, I thinking think we of the second one? I know we went to the second one, but I think we went to the first one too. I've seen it a couple times since, and it is fucking funny, dude. Like, it really is. The it we've kind of gotten away at at the time when this came out. We had kind of gotten away with the like heavy cussing, uh, comedy. Like I don't know. I it's hard to describe exactly what this movie was, but it it was a the tone of this movie is kind of a throwback to like mid 2000s. Mm-hmm. And at the time when it came out, it was very, very much um, different from all the other comedies that were coming out around that time. And yeah. it was a really cool sort of going back a decade or so uh, into the way comedy sort of used to be. And they crushed it at every turn. I don't know how, you know, the I didn't watch the show or the, you know, I had never seen any 21 Jump Street. So I don't know how much they played with the the you know, the, the story of 21 jump street or anything, but every bit about, um, Jonah Hill is skinny in this, which is weird, but Channing Tatum is hilarious as that dumb muscle head. But ice cube is my favorite shit. He is fucking great in both of these movies. You know, it's crazy. This, this is the movie that kind of put, uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller on the map. Um, this was their, they wrote this and I think they're, I guess you're right. Yeah. And they they haven't had a miss since. I, I mean, it's just been hit after hit after hit and show after show. And they they now they have Oscars for writing uh, Spider Verse, which apparently like they so they wrote they wrote that movie, and then when I, we're gonna go off and do Solo, and then that should happen. So they came back and like were even more involved in it um, with the editing and stuff like that. So they, this is kind of like their baby, and they won an Oscar for it. So. But yeah, they're they are they're they're incredible, and yeah, that that 
both 22, 21 and 22 Jump Street are, they're both hilarious. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of this just because they, they have a really creative mind for just throwing shit out there and, and making it work and especially having a great eye for comedy. So yeah, 21 Jump Street is definitely always one of my favorites. And anytime it's on, I always, I always sit down and watch it for a while. Absolutely. Why don't we do this? 21 Jump Street, this week's retro recommend. <laughs> I'm a ticket back in time. Well, we're going, we don't need roads. <laughs> I got the quote really quickly, but that's a funny chemistry zone with the shapes and shit, right? <laughs> that in and of itself is. And then when he does the, he writes a bunch of, he's high and he, he's science bitch and he throws his marker and it doesn't, he's, he hasn't written anything. <laughs> All that stuff about Channing Tatum being stupid works for me. I love it. He's so good. <laughs> All right, 21 Jump Street this week and making the quota. What's your name? Fuck you! That's my name! (laughs) My name is Inigo Montoya. And I quote! Man, we are cruising through this show, which is good for me, because I'm trying to make an advanced showing of the long shot. Or just long shot. Yeah, quit doing the. You've done that constantly. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> every time I want to slap you. <laughs> <laughs> so let's keep the let's keep the shit rolling, and uh, we have some pieces of movie news that I think you're going to be pretty stoked about. At least one of them. Here we go. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Movies. So let's start here. Um, big news out of the Oscars today. Now, we've had uh, Steven Spielberg and others have, have come out cr- as critical of the streaming services being considered for Oscars. And as of right now, uh, folks may know that the way films like Roma can get considered for Oscars is by having a short run uh, of a week, I think it's one week, in, a, in theaters, uh, specifically mm-hmm. theaters in this one part of uh, L.A. County. And there was a proposal this year to change the rules for the Oscars to make that instead of a one-week run, it had to have a four-week run. And the Oscars had, came out today with their new rules for the next year's Oscars, and they did not make that change. So the one-week theater run is still in effect. And effectively what this does, Seth, is it, it, it shows that the Oscars are in favor of keeping Netflix, Hulu, Amazon in the running for some of these Oscars, which I think is the good move and the right move. That's mm-hmm. my opinion. Steven Spielberg would disagree. Where are you on this? I mean, it's definitely the right move. If they want if they want the Oscars to have more ratings, they would be dumb to make it be because they so yeah, they would put it would be in the theater for 4 weeks instead of you know, instead of 1, but it would be in like I said LA, New York, Chicago, like bigger markets but one theater, two theaters, like that type of thing. That's people the general public aren't going to go see that but if a movie's on netflix that's nominated for an oscar they are more than likely going to watch that because they have netflix and it's a movie it has buzz it's free people can watch it on their couch they're going to watch it that also in turn gets people to watch the oscars mm-hmm. because this year's oscars were i think they were the highest rated at least in the last 10 years or something like that the reason for that is because you had a bunch of movies specifically one of the highest grossing movie last year domestically in black panther being nominated for an Oscar. They wanted to see if the, that movie would win. Even if, like, a lot of people knew Black Panther wasn't going to win. But if you don't pay attention to the Oscar race, you probably didn't know that. Mm-hmm. They probably, people people thought, oh, it has a chance, you know? There's just a, a Star is Born is another example. That was a, that was a huge uh, money-making movie. People, people went and saw it. They watched the Oscars because of that. Like, 
the academy is is a hundred percent right and not not you know keeping it the way it is or even just getting rid of that rule eventually, which I bet it will, because people are gonna if people see the movies that are nominated, they're gonna watch the show. Well, yeah, absolutely. And to your point, uh, in in years past, a film like Roma would be the the hyper obscure movie no one's ever fucking mm-hmm. heard of that's all of a sudden nominated and winning awards, and now I'm turning off the Oscars because this movie I don't know is getting all the awards. But mm-hmm. because everyone, you know, a lot of people saw Roma because it was on Netflix. I agree totally that I think this, I think the streaming helps. I really do. Because um, yep. more people are seeing the movies. We made that comment when we first heard the nominees. I saw every single Best Picture nominee. I've never do that. Mm-hmm. And it just, you know, because there were popular movies that came out. And that's something to say about, you know, prestige film being more digestible last year than, than in years past. But um, I, I like, I like this decision for the Academy. And I think, I think ultimately they're after ratings. And I think that this is a move that will, um, will help that. And I, I think that they're considering other, you know, the popular movie thing didn't work out last year, but you can tell that they're trying to, um, to make the show maybe a little bit less pretentious and more digestible so that more people will watch, which I think is a welcome change. Well, another move they're doing, I saw too, is that it's the Oscars are going to be moved up two hours for start time. So it'd be like three thirty and in LA for the start time. So that that makes it even more digestible too, because you're not up till eleven o'clock, you know, mm-hmm. watching the show. So. Definitely, WWE maybe can take a take a hint. There. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so the Oscars, uh, certainly the place. If you've seen all the movies, seeing all the movies might get a little more difficult for some folks, Seth, because our um, well, one of our former favorite movie subscription services, Cinemia, is potentially in danger of shutting down. I, I read an article today from Bloomberg is a, a business news and we don't cover a lot of business news on the show but it's a business news publication that um, sources within the company are saying that they're considering shutting down the service after you know a lot of uh, discussion of uh, app malfunction and people being having their accounts terminated for no reason and all sorts of other problems that they're having you and I Seth have been victims of those problems and I think you might have mentioned that uh, regardless of whether or not Cinemia shuts down, they may have lost your business. Oh, yeah, they already did. I canceled them. Yeah, it, it's they were a little bit more blatant, it seems like, to to than the MoviePass was uh, in terms of like, hey, we're failing because like they're they would say multiple times. I sent multiple emails where the, their app wasn't where you'd go to reserve a ticket. And it was nice because they had like advanced ticketing and stuff. But you would go to reserve a ticket and say error unknown unknown error please try back or whatever and that happened f- since february and that i bet about having that so and i've been able to get one ticket a month essentially since then it would work for like a two-day stretch for me while others though like i would see online i would see on reviews and stuff people would uh be like oh it's working you know thanks i haven't had any problems yet while mine wasn't working mm-hmm. um also also too like i would see then people's i would see many reviews on the on the the google play store that say they would say like initially give them five stars and it's like update app quit working after two weeks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was all designed. I after after a certain point, I think the the quote unquote issues that they were having were were self imposed uh, because they probably didn't have a lot of money because they were doing the same mistake MoviePass was, which we took advantage of it when we could, but they were doing ten dollars a month and it wasn't in limit. It was three movies a month, but still, this company isn't backed by you know, a, a billionaire who, you know, helped create Netflix and stuff. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a different situation. It was an overseas company for a while. It just, 
I, I think that they they kind of just they they wanted to take advantage of what MoviePass was doing by by making the same mistake that they did. So. Yeah, and and it's it's a shame because for a long time it was working great, and you and I really enjoyed the service. Um, but you know, they basically stopped being able to deliver on their promise, which is is the problem. Um, personally, I am now back on MoviePass. Uh, you may have, mm-hmm. folks may have seen that um, MoviePass came out with new subscriptions and um, new pricing and things like that, and they re-released the unlimited plan. I decided I'd give it a shot, and I bought I paid for a year ahead of time so I could get the $10 per month price. So I paid $120 for the next year, and I have the unlimited one-per-day uh, movie pass. So far, so good. <laughs> Every time I use it, I've used it probably three times. Every time I use it, I'm crossing my fingers and hoping that it works, and uh, and we'll see. But um, you know, I think for folks who see a lot of movies like us, we're always going to be looking for the next one, you know. And if one goes mm-hmm. down, that's fine. We'll find we'll find another one. Uh, in fact, you know, uh, you were telling me that you found some uh, a new service that's given you a little bit of hope. You want to talk about that? Yeah, sure. It's uh, so it's not it's not a subscription service. Uh, this is an ad based thing, but it's called Pre Show. It's not out yet, but uh, it's created by Stacy Spikes, who is the uh, one of the original creators of Movie Pass. Uh, kind of before it. Yeah, I think he left before it kind of uh, went the way of the dodo in <laughs> the original run anyway. So what what it is, it, again, being ad-based is that before – so it's free movie tickets. But before you see a movie, uh, before you get money on your card essentially, is you watch 15 to 20 minutes of ads. And so you might think, like I thought initially, oh, I'll just set my phone down, let 20 minutes of ads play, then I'll you know get my ticket. No. This this app has facial recognition and eye recognition, so you have to have your eyes on the phone and be watching the ad. You can't close your eyes; it'll stop. You can't move your head away; it'll stop. It's some new technology that does all that, but you have to physically watch all these ads in order to get the money put on your card. Um, and the other kicker there is that you can only bank two tickets at a time, so you can't sit there and watch a day's worth of ads and get a bunch of tickets and then you know, whatever it ensures that you're continuously getting new ads. And I think that because it's not subscription based and because it is all ad based and advertisers will pay a lot of money, especially knowing, like you said, moviegoers like us are looking for new, you know, new things like this all the time. It's, it's hot right now. AMC is doing it. You know, it's a big, it's big news, big news. Um, (laughs) so it's something that advertisers now have a stake in where we were talking a little bit you know, two, three years ago, before the subscription stuff really got big, advertisers have been like, oh, who cares? No one's going to do this. Now, you know, now that now that people like us have had a taste of of these subscription services and how much money it can save and this one being completely free, quote unquote free, it, it's something that advertisers, I think, are going to be down for. It doesn't actually start rolling out. So it was, it was a Kickstarter campaign that if, if you pay, I think it was sixty dollars, you get it in July. Twenty five, you get it in in September, and then I paid fifteen, and I get it in November. It's a one time thing because it was a Kickstarter. After Kickstarter, it's an invite only thing. So no, at what no matter or at whatever level you paid, then you get invite codes. And so I don't remember how many I get, but obviously you know Cody's first in line for that. Ooh, <laughs> um, <ding>. But <laughs> but. Um, it's something that I would say the actual Kickstarter ends Friday. So when this show drops, it ends. Uh, I would say it's probably for me, at least, even if this doesn't ever come to fruition, doesn't work, whatever. I just spent $15 on a possibility of having free movie tickets. You know, that like I just basically reserved my spot for the potential to get free movie tickets. 
I, I would definitely say check it out. If you're someone who goes to the movies a lot and has $15 to spare, throw it in there. He doesn't need the money. Like the Kickstarter thing wasn't the, – the original goal is $10,000. Um, it's up like 40-some thousand now. I think there's like a 15 – I think maybe 15,000 people signed up right now, something like that. It, it, you know, it, he didn't need the money to do this. He already has the money. He's he's a mil- multimillionaire. Uh, this is just to get people in to kind of – for people who love movies. And so I think that – I think this is something that has a little bit more of a base to it. And I think it's probably the, definitely the right time for it. Um, I hope it works obviously, cause I would love free movie tickets and I will definitely watch 20 minutes of ads for a free movie ticket. I do that before I go to a movie anyway. So, <laughs> um, and it, that's what the other thing I said too, is like, you'll put your preference preferences in, you'll put the movies you've seen in there and it'll kind of, uh, direct ads based off that stuff. Uh, which is again, another reason that advertisers would want, to do this because if they're, you know, if it's dudes wanting to go see John Wick, for example, you're probably going to get some like Gillette ads because it's mostly dudes going to see that, you know, stuff like <laughs> hey, that. Just because uh, I like John Wick doesn't mean I have to shave. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it, it just makes a ton of sense overall. They have the technology to do it now. It, it's the right time. Um, and I think advertisers are going to be way more on board than something like a movie pass where it's subscription based and you're losing money. The, the whole model is to lose money on your tickets. This one isn't to lose money. They're, they're getting money off advertisers and then using that money to fund themselves and then also fund movie tickets. So I think it's cool. I think it makes a lot of sense. If you have $15 to spare and it's Friday, I would say sign up and, and give it a shot. Uh, maybe split it with someone uh, so that you can do the invite codes or whatever. But I think it's cool. It's a great pitch. Uh, and if, if, if you weren't going to invite me, I would do it myself, but, uh, we're going to link to the Kickstarter. You only have today as, as the, this is released to try this out. Um, so if you're listening on the day of release on Friday, the 26th, then, uh, give that a look and, uh, let us know, you know, if you're, even if you're not doing it, let us know what your thoughts are. Are you willing to trade watching these ads for free shit? Uh, Seth and I are, I, I think so. And as it relates to that facial technology, I used to have a Samsung phone that had that. Um, the way that it used it though, was if you looked away, it would pause your YouTube video. Mm. And this was four or five years ago. Uh, and it worked yeah. fine for that. So th- it'll work. I think, mm-hmm. uh, the app will work just fine. So, uh, hopefully the functionality is there. It seems like they've had a chance to learn from a lot of mistakes of other companies. And, and so I'm hopeful, uh, I will keep my fingers crossed that this is something that succeeds because uh, certainly you and I will benefit hundred percent. So let's get to the piece of movie news that I know, Seth, you're going to be excited about. You were a big fan of 2018's God of War, which uh, was a big winner at the Game Awards last year for the PS4 uh, Game of the Year and a whole bunch of other stuff, I think. Uh, we're going to get even more <laughs> God of War dosage coming later this year uh, in the form of a documentary about the making of that game. It's going to be called Raising Kratos. Huh. And yeah, it's a documentary of the making of 2018's God of War. And I, I didn't play that game, but this seems like it could be very cool. We don't often get a look behind the scenes of how video games are made. So I am super charged up, even though I'm not a fan of the game, but I'm assuming that it's something that you're definitely going to keep an eye on. Yeah, I'll watch that for sure. It's, I've been on a kind of a documentary kick lately anyway. So I'm always looking for some, especially stuff that I'm interested in or have a background in. I'm actually know a little bit kind of about the story behind this too um i think i mentioned before i had a friend who i worked with a couple years ago uh who she had a friend that was working on the game so i know a little bit but um it's uh it's i I know it's been in development for many many years so i I bet there's a lot to go through a lot of footage um i the the creator of the game too court Barlog, he is 
he or I guess director of the game. He's he's a really interesting dude. I've heard him in a bunch of interviews. Uh, he has a ton of passion for it. So it'll be cool to see. Um, I've watched a few small little makings of different games and stuff, and and seeing how much work and passion people put into this stuff and like when it finally comes out just kind of the release that everyone has and like the enjoyment and stuff so i think especially a game as big as god of war it'd be interesting to watch yeah this is um they've been working on the documentary for three years along with the you know the tail end of of production and it's going to be released on playstation's youtube channel so everyone is going to get a chance to watch this uh, i don't see a release date in this article but i will certainly post the trailer in the description box, so make sure you're checking that out. Raising Kratos, I think, uh, could be very, very cool. Uh, I don't know, maybe, well, it won't have, like, a feature. I don't know. I don't know if it's eligible for, like, Oscars or whatever, but um, yeah, I think this is not. I think this is something that a lot of folks are going to be excited about and a lot of folks are going to watch, and I hope it's awesome. All right, that's it for movie news this week. Let's check in on my MCU big ol' movie adventure. <laughs> I'm really going to have to come up with a sounder for this segment. Uh, cause that's just way too short for me to switch gears. I watched phase three of the Marvel cinematic universe over the past week. And I think, I think some of the best shit is in phase three, uh, on a, on a standalone movie by movie basis. We have here, um, Captain America, civil war, which civil war. I love civil war. And I, I've heard a lot of people like push back and say like, civil war is not as good as everyone thinks it is. It's just really flashy with all the heroes fighting. But like, I disagree. I think it's very cool and it's a well thought out movie and it's got some cool themes that I really enjoy. So I like Civil War. I don't, I don't know why people are like, Oh, you're just dumb. If you like Civil War, I think that's dumb. (laughs) (laughs) We had (laughs) spinning off of, uh, of Civil War. We had Black Panther, of course, and Spider-Man Homecoming or, I mean, they're very high on my list of, uh, of Marvel movies. And those, those two movies, Probably my two favorite characters in the MCU, uh, and, and and I don't think I'm alone in that. Uh, certainly, big time welcome additions uh, to Phase Three. Ant Man and the Wasp is a weak spot uh, in this one. I it's just a fine, it's just decent. Like when when we originally watched it, I was highly disappointed. I really didn't like it, and I, I like it a little more the next time I watched it. But it really just doesn't do anything. There's not a point. Mm-hmm. All it does is bring uh, Michelle Pfeiffer out of the quantum realm. And it, it, here's what I'll say. It does give some quantum realm. Uh, it sets up some quantum realm stuff that I think could potentially be important for the movie that, uh, that we're all seeing this weekend. But, uh, other than that really just doesn't do much. Paul Rudd is super fucking charming, but that only goes so far. Dr. Strange is a movie that I really enjoyed this time around. Uh, I didn't care much about it the first time I saw it, but going back to it, I think that the way they do combat, the way Doctor Strange fights is awesome to me. Mm-hmm. And that was a highlight in Infinity War was his his fight with Thanos. And the way he he he'll do like a couple hand motions and then he'll like he'll do like a huh and do a pose and then he'll have like some you know those light shields or like daggers or something will come out of his hands. And the way Cumberbatch Benedict Cumberbatch does that physically is very fucking cool because he he mm-hmm. puts some stank on it when he when he when he fires those things up and it's super cool um uh-huh. and it, it's a trip certainly to watch visually very cool and they did a really good job visually with this with all the effects that they had to do and i like benedict cumberbatch a lot i, I think he is a good fit for doctor strange so i definitely liked that one a lot more this time i'm trying to make sure oh thor ragnarok dude thor ragnarok is so fucking good it's like, so good it is so good it's so funny that's 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 one that I I mean 
I, I haven't done it and I probably won't go and do it. Um, but if I were to revisit like a top five list, that would be hard not to put in, in my top five. I love that movie. It is so fun. It's more, I don't have it in my top five, um, but I really enjoyed it. Like, I, I think I sent you like a Snapchat or something. There's a scene at the beginning where Thor is like using his hammer to block a bunch of fire that's coming at him and it's playing mm-hmm. the Led Zeppelin immigrant mm-hmm. song. And I'm like, this is fucking incredible. And that's like the first two minutes of the movie. Like, it is, it's hilarious all the way through. It's badass. It's got the, the totally sweet shot of him going all lightning mode. Uh, at mm-hmm. the end, you have Valkyrie in this. The only thing I don't like, I still don't like the Hulk in this. Um, I, I just mm-hmm. don't like the way they used him here. But this movie is hysterical. And of course, Korg uh, doing his thing was, was hysterical. <laughs> like, the, Ragnarok is a blast. It, it certainly it is. is. And, and I did love it. And, and of course, Infinity War. Uh, I finished that one up a couple of days ago. And that movie just bangs, man. Like With all the big team-up movies, all the Avengers movies, the, the way that they have to layer combat and layer story is the scale of that is ramped up here because there's so many characters. And every character does or says something meaningful in this movie. Some of it's very short. Some of it's just one joke. But every character matters in some way and gets their hero shot in this movie, which is insane to think about. And mm-hmm. Thanos is a total boss in this. I, I found myself sympathizing more with him this time around uh, and, and sort of understanding his emotional attachment to Gamora, which is something that I didn't like the first time. I thought it was kind of tacked on. But here, uh, as I saw it again, I was more willing to go along with that, which was cool. The, it's not a perfect movie, um, but it's got its issues. But I, I have it at the top of my MCU list. I, I think it was the most ambitious, and it, it certainly did everything it set out to do. And uh, it was so good that it's going to make its sequel, uh, Endgame, the biggest movie ever made, probably. And uh, I think that's that's you know not a shocker. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get into a Mambo number five here in a little bit uh, that deals with the Infinity Gems, and that's part of what I disliked about this is some of the Infinity Gems just piss me off, and and I'll talk about that in, in a second. But like uh, Tony Stark's arc in here. Um, I'm hoping Captain America has more of an arc in Endgame because I, I don't think he got a ton to do uh, in Infinity War. But one thing on the one thing on the overall Phase Three of the MCU that I noticed this time around that was kind of a, a detriment, I think, is after Civil War, when everyone starts splitting up and um, and that whole thing happens, they they really skip around in time after that. Mm-hmm. You know, they add on a couple years for just about everybody. And, and they, 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 they assume a lot happens during those couple years. And that is the problem that I had. So when you get to infinity war and Gamora and star Lord are totally in love and, um, uh, Ant-Man's been gone for two years. Hawkeye has been gone for two years. All these other heroes have been in hiding, uh, vision and Scarlet, Witch are a couple, all these things that were happening away from the movies you're just expected to go along with, which is fine. It's easy enough to do that. But I, I think that when they lost the structure of having the Avengers as one team, it, it added a wacky sort of lack of continuity to the MCU as a whole. And they're bringing everyone back together now. So I guess that's kind of fixed, but that was the one thing. If I had to complain about phase three, I think phase three is the best on a movie by movie basis. But, um, I think that, that would be the one issue I have with it is is the the strange continuity post Civil War was was a little weird. Yeah, I guess I can see that. I 
The the thing I kind of like though is like yeah it, it sucks that they're apart but especially being a fan of wrestling kind of a parallel here is that like the best part of especially when like someone breaks up or you're you're building toward like they're building towards them getting back together mm-hmm. and having this moment that's going to happen it makes it makes what's going to happen in Endgame mean a million times more than if they would have all gotten back together you know previously mm-hmm. you know and now now they're all going to be together at least the original like we haven't had the original together since you know the first, the second movie second avengers i guess that like when they all fought together so we have all this time now where they've been apart and they've had these divisions now we're going to get like the re- the reuniting we're going to get the fighting together we're going to have some really cool moments i think that that build towards it and and having them apart and fighting just is going to put a giant exclamation point on this movie and i think it's worth it you're you're exactly right you definitely are cuz that's it's going to be brilliant seeing you know, I, I personally cannot wait to see Tony Stark and, and Steve Rogers meet again, uh, as I'm sure they will in this movie. I, th- I think that's a scene that I'm super looking forward to. And there's a ton of those other pairings who just haven't, you know, haven't connected in a long time or haven't even met for the first time. Uh, and a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of people don't know the Guardians yet. So I think that there's going to be a lot of fan service in this movie that uh, a lot of us saw last night and more of us are going to see this weekend. And it is, I mean, it's set up, to your point, it's been set up from the start. So... I, I have gone through the entire MCU and I got to say, man, I love all these movies. Like there are a couple, <laughs> a couple of them are fart boxes, but like they did such a good job with this entire thing. And it's really, mm-hmm. really incredible. And it, it's made me all the more excited to go and watch Endgame in about uh, 24 hours for me. <sighs> and um, oh. it's, it's, it's all because they, they just crushed it at every step. And if you watch it in, in continuity, like I did, all the stories and all the storylines, you can see how well thought out everything was. Mm-hmm. The the smallest little mentions or throwaway lines have come back yep. in huge ways. And I and that's I'm sure even more of that is gonna happen in Endgame. And I, yep. I just can't say enough about how great a job they did mapping out this whole thing. And uh what's crazy too, even if you just look at it uh in terms of the normal film industry or just look at it in terms of, you know, money, how many not just like sequels but how many fourth movies in a franchise and you consider the avengers just itself a franchise let alone the entire mcu but the avenger the fourth movie in a franchise is going to make not only the most money but literally the most money it's yeah. gonna make every single dollar that it could possibly can make um i mean i was we were when we were texting uh separately it, it it's gonna be i have a 16 screen theater on thursday it's going to be on th- playing on 13 of the 16 screens at once. Like, that is just absolutely insane. Like, even Star Wars, like, The Force Awakens when that came out, that was probably the biggest movie event at that time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had trouble, you know, getting tickets. Like, it was, it was, we sat front, front, front row. But even then, I don't think it was in 13 screens. Like, this is, this is absolutely insane. It's going to be so cool. It's, it's an event. It's, uh, and, and for, us, we were the perfect age for it. We we kind of grew up with it and, and been through different stages of our lives with it. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's certainly tough to top, and I I'm vibrating with excitement uh, because we we don't have to wait much longer. And some folks have already seen it as they're listening to this podcast. And maybe maybe yeah. it sucks. Maybe it sucks, and people are listening like, "Oh, you idiots are gonna be so disappointed." But I, I doubt that's the case. <laughs> yeah, and I'm already seeing that. I got to stay off social media for the next. Uh, 22 hours because uh there's people it's already released in certain places overseas and so there's stuff on coming out online about Mm -hmm. it 
pretty constantly. So uh, say bye-bye to Twitter uh, for a little bit. Yeah, that is good. And and a, a good reminder, too, for folks, uh, fans of our show know that we, we do care about spoilers. And uh, we're certainly going to do our best to not spoil anything without warning uh, here on our show. And we would extend that invitation to you. Please commit to not spoiling it for anybody because that would be really fucking shitty uh, to be waiting for so but, long for something and then be told how it ends. Right. But, and keep in mind, though, next week with uh, Jared, we're, it's going to be very spoiler heavy. Yes, so. we'll get in. We'll certainly <laughs> we'll warn you for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, we're, we're, other than that, like, you know, without warning, we'll, we'll do our best. But uh, yeah, absolutely. Next week, you can look forward to a, a spoilery reaction uh, as well as, uh, you know, other other general goings on with Jared. Um, but yeah, don't be don't be a douchebag. And it's going to be the fucking movie event probably of our lifetime. So go fucking see it. Yeah, go see it. Even if you don't like the MCU, like, isn't that something you want to fucking be a part of? Unless you're like a hipster who's yeah. like, I don't care about those movies. And you guys are all yeah. stupid for it. I guess that's fine. Whatever makes you I, happy. It's funny because I wasn't like I was excited for it, obviously. But like the last few days and especially hearing how good it is now, like with with all the reviews and stuff, I am absolutely at max excitement. The only thing that I'm more excited for is John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, John Wick, not far not far away either. Uh, we may come back to John Wick later on in the show. Uh, let's keep it in the MCU. That's going to be it. That's it for this month's movie, uh, big old movie adventure. And I, I need a new adventure. So uh, give me a topic. Give me a genre. Give me an actor, a director. I got one. Seth's got one in mind, uh, and we'll talk about it uh, after the show. I don't know what it is. Um, but we'll talk about it later. And next week, I will reveal my new choice for next month's edition of Cody's Big Ol' Movie Adventure. And we'll keep that keep that rolling. Please, though, please no more 20 movie deep, uh, <laughs> 20 movie deep topics because that was exhausting. I was <laughs> I was spending a lot of time watching movies when I wanted to be doing other stuff, honestly. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to see what you guys throw at me and and keep uh, keep rolling through some great. Uh, great uh, cinematic groups so um that's it for this month let's keep it in the world of the mcu though with our final mcu related well at least for now our final mcu mambo number five for this endgame month ladies and gentlemen this is mambo number five and seth five. The, the biggest part of the mcu to this point has been the gathering of the infinity stones uh, we saw thanos do that with the gauntlet in the last movie uh, infinity war and uh, for our last Mambo number five, we're going to count down our top five favorite Infinity Stones and uh, just talk about how they, how they work in, in the MCU and, and which ones we'd like to have and uh, all sorts of good stuff around, around the gems. There are only six of them, so uh, it, it shouldn't be too difficult. We may be, we may be jumping over each other a couple times, but uh, I'm excited to get into this. Do we have anything else to qualify besides, I mean, it's pretty simple. They're just a bunch of rocks. Yeah, nothing else to qualify, but I do want to read off some of the powers for them first because they can be they they they, they do have some some powers that maybe not be 100% clear. So I do want to read those off just really quick. Then I have a Wikipedia for that. Ooh. So uh, um the Soul Stone, which is the orange in uh the MCU, allows the user to steal, control, manipulate and alter living and dead souls. Um, at full potential, the soul gem grants the user control over all life in the universe. Mm. Uh, time, which is green in the MCU, 
because uh, they've actually been different colors in the comics and stuff. But uh, green in the MCU allows the user to see into the past and stop and the future, stop, slow down, speed up, or reverse the flow of time, travel through time, change the past and future, age and de-age beings, and trap people or entire universes in unending time loops. Um, at full potential, the time gem grants the user om- uh, omnis- omniscience and total control over the past, present, and future. Uh, space is blue, allows the user to exist in any location, move any object anywhere throughout reality, wrap or rearrange space, teleport themselves and others, increase their speed, and alter the distance between objects contrary of the law of physics, contrary to the law of physics, at full potential, the space gem grants the user omnipresence. Uh, mind is yellow, allows the user to enhance their mental and uh, psionic, I think, uh, abilities and access the thoughts and dreams of other beings at full potential when backed with the power gem. So the power gem is obviously powerful. Uh, the mind gem can access all minds in existence simultaneously. Uh, the mind gem is also a manifestation of the universal subconscious. Reality is red, allows the user to fulfill their wishes, even if the the wish is in direct contradiction with scientific laws and do things that would not normally be impossible that would normally be impossible and create any type of alternate reality the user wishes at full potential. Uh, the reality gem allows the user to alter reality on a universal scale. And then power, which is poiple, uh, allows the user to access all access and manipulate all forms of energy, enhance their physical strength and durability, enhance any superhuman ability, and boost the effects of the other five gems. At full potential, the power gem grants the user omnipotence. Mm. You gotta be potent. Lot of implications there as as you're talking. I'm thinking, ooh, I wonder how they'll use that in Endgame. And and I want to I want to <laughs> I want to not do a lot of speculating, but we'll talk kind of retroactively about what we've already seen in the MCU. And uh, I'm excited to count these down because I've got some passionate thoughts about a couple of them. <laughs> number five. Okay, so my number five. This is a funny one since there are only six. Um, the the sixth place one was basically at me being like, fuck you, I hate that one. And I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, leave, I'll leave that one kind of a mystery. But my number five is Ooh. one that I, I don't like very much either, and it's the Power Gem. Uh, That's also my number five. Okay, good. So the Power Gem, like, it's just really I, – I know that we know what it, what it does, but it's just, like, vague mm-hmm. and lame. Like, it, you punch mm-hmm. harder. And so yeah. I don't care much about it. And the thing – the way they used it in Guardians of the Galaxy where all you had to do was touch it to the planet and it killed everything, I thought was just uh-huh. a really dumb use of it. And uh, I just wasn't, it just never turned me on. And then he got it off screen in Infinity War. Uh, yeah. And just, he just showed up with it. So I was like, I don't know, they just didn't really, Power just seems like the one that was kind of just, well, one of a couple that was just kind of like, yeah, it's it's there, it does its thing. I do like the, reading the descriptions, that kind of helped me make some more decisions. But I did like that, that it does enhance the other stones too. So it's kind of like the linchpin of the other stones. But if we're ranking this based off uh, individual stones... It didn't make much sense to have that any higher than five because, you know, you need the other stones. If I'm picking just one stone, that's not the stone I'm picking. So. Right. Definitely. Number four. I think it would be a cool one to have, but I, I think the way they've used it in the MCU is kind of eh. And it's the reality, Jim. That's that's my, uh, that's another one uh, up ahead for me. Kick the can. Okay, we'll kick that one. Let's go to year four. My number four is the soul stone. Okay. Um, so this is the one I'm not kicking the can. This is the one that I, I fucked off and left off my list and I'll tell you why, but tell me why you liked it first. I like it uh, a little bit more, um, especially reading through the, through the, um, description is that you can manipulate all life. Basically like, you know, you could kill someone out of, you know, just like the, you know, like the 
in the movie, snap your fingers and everyone disappears. Um, you can manipulate the dead, the living, bring people back. You know, uh, it, if someone tries coming up to you, you just fucking, nope, you're dead. <laughs> you know, so it's it's pretty powerful. It's like one, I don't want to kill people, obviously, but it'd be cool to bring, bring people back. If I wanted to have, like, fucking Prince perform Purple Rain in front of me, I could be like, there you are, Prince. And then, uh, <laughs> and then Purple Rain is performed and I kill him again. What an interesting like way to use your <laughs> of all the shit you, of all the shit you could do. I want to hear Purple Rain. <laughs> I mean, cool. Well, you could do that though. I mean, yeah. it's not like <laughs> that. That's just like what I'm. Th- I try to think out of the box of this stuff because, like, like you said, all, all of the stones really haven't been used very well. Right. Um, they've been kind of more of a symbol of power than they are like you know, obviously like Thanos creates portals and snaps. You know, gets rid of people, whatever. Um, but none of them have been used singularly in a really cool way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's why like, kind of that's why I'm trying to think out of the box. And uh, like I said, power really only has one thing. But soul, you can kind of do different things. You could end life. You could create life. You could, like I said, summon prince if you wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> and you'd eventually get there. Like if if you had all the soul powers, you'd you'd get bored with like you know killing all the Packers fans or something like. That would, mm-hmm. that would get boring, and eventually you'd get to shit like, oh, I'd rather, instead of listening to my stereo, have fucking Prince here. So yeah, you'd eventually mm-hmm. get to stuff like that. That'd be fun. Why do you hate the Soul Stone, then? I hate the Soul Stone because we don't know what it... it in the MCU, <laughs> in the MCU, I know we have we read the description, and that's awesome. I, I know more now, having, having heard that. But it doesn't... Mm-hmm. We don't know what it fucking does, and for some reason, it acts differently. The whole thing about having to go to Vormir and throw um, Gamora off the cliff, like... I don't mm-hmm. get why that is. And it, it, I guess it's because the soul stone thinks it's so fucking cool. That is, it has to have special rules. And I don't like, I don't like pretentious infinity gems. And I think <laughs> just in, in the, especially in the MCU, <laughs> it's just so like, I don't know. It's just so like vague. And, I don't like pretentious. Infinity no, gems. it thinks it's such hot shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I'm waving my finger around too. You better fucking believe that. And I just, I, I don't know. It's, it's, I, it, it, in the MCU, it's been it may, it's been not used. It, you know, some of these other ones were used poorly, but it's just not been used. So that's why I didn't like it. <laughs> number three. I had the Mind Stone at number three. Wait a second. I do not have that one. Ooh, you left the Mind Stone off. Okay. I did. I like the Mind Stone because I value, like, if I could have uh, omniscience and just know everything, that would be one of the powers I would definitely want. And the Mind Stone lets you do that. Um, I think that being, like, that's pretty much it. Just, like, knowing everything would be fucking awesome. And then it has the added ability of making you Professor X, and you can you can look in people's brains and stuff, and I think that's really cool. And there's not a lot, I mean, there's not a lot more other than that, but, like, those two things specifically would be all I ever needed. Like, I could just be hella smart and read people's thoughts, and that'd be fucking sweet. Yeah, I like it. I, I just like some of the other ones more, so. Sure. You didn't have to take the same approach of... of of uh, uh, having a cussing match at the one you left off the top five. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, my number three is uh, the one we kicked a little bit ago is Reality Stone. Um, I guess part of my argument with the Soul Stone could be here too is like you can literally do anything with the Reality Stone. Like mm-hmm. I could, if I wanted to, create a Prince concert in front of me. Um, I, I would have to deal with the fact that, you know, it's not real or Whereas, like, I'm actually well, it getting is Prince's soul. That's the thing. But it is, yeah. Yeah, it's true. I, it's You know, you could use that. Like, just like Infinity War, that was one cool instance of, like, the reality stone in, in Infinity War when he, you know, is, is when Thanos creates the, the collector's room again and fucking tricks them and then, like, you know, turns uh, turns Drax into, like, 
uh, confetti looking thing, mm-hmm. you know, like the little, you know, fry looking thing. I think it's just it's it's a really cool. I think it's a really cool idea being able to just change anything in, into your will and making people believe it. Uh, I think it also said in the description there too that um, you you create um, you know different parallel universes for people essentially too. So like it's cool. I think that's an interesting interesting stone. It'd be good for like fantasy living out some fantasies. That'd be pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. That that was that's why I had it. Uh, I think I had it four on my list, and uh, I was like, yeah, I could just I could basically have dreams that I could control. That's pretty tight. Number two. I, I think we might be the same at the top. The, uh, two is where I have the space gem. That is also my space gem. Yeah. So now I'm talking about the space gem. Before it got broken out, when it was just the Tesseract, I fucking hate the Tesseract so much because <laughs> it's just the ultimate just, what's the word for the thing that you have to get? Uh, like the rabbit's foot or like the the file there's a word for MacGuffin. It's just the ultimate MacGuffin that just does whatever. And for a long time, the Tesseract, like, I don't know. It seemed, at times, it seemed like they didn't know or care that it was a space gem and it was just doing other stuff. Like, why should the space gem power a, a, an, an engine in Captain Marvel? I don't get that. You know, like, and 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 some of the other stuff that it does is so strange. The whole thing with uh, what, it, what it does to Red Skull confuses the shit out of me. And so mm-hmm. it, the way that they used it pisses me off. But... If I was going to have one of these things, I would absolutely want to teleport, and that's why I have it so high. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Being able to teleport, you can, and and I don't know, like, again, it's it's used pretty slowly, like, you know, Thanos comes out of it, and that just might be because Thanos is fucking a baller and can move any way he wants. If he wants to move fucking slow, he can do it. Um, but, like, it, you know, we've seen it kind of open up portals pretty slowly, um, so maybe, you know, you can manipulate it to open up portals faster. And, and, you know, that, that type of thing. But yeah, it's, it's the teleportation is mainly like the last two, two, and we obviously know what number one is, but, um, these last two is mostly just for the single use of like with the, with the space stone, especially like in this case, it's, is creating portals and I could be on earth and then end up on Mars if I could breathe up there, you know? So that's pretty cool. Oh, it's baller as hell, but not as baller as what I know we, we share for the first time. I think we share number one. Mm-hmm. Number one. I mean, time manipulation is the ultimate fucking supervisor. Like anyone, anyone who 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 wouldn't put the time gem at number one is just wrong. Like, there's an objective mm-hmm. right answer to this, and it's fucking time manipulation. Being able to look at fourteen million six hundred and five possibilities, uh, like Doctor Strange does in Infinity War, being able to to make apples rot or to make apples not rot. How many times have you bought fruit and then it goes rotten and you wasted that fruit? You could fix that always. <laughs> I'm not saying that these two things are equal, but those are two things that are very cool to be able to do. And you could stop time. You could be clock stoppers. We, how much, how much have we talked exactly. about how cool that shit was like the, the, the cool shit you could do is endless with the time jam. I, it's, it's clearly the number one. Oh yeah. Uh, I agree to all those sentiments. Clock stoppers is a baller movie. And, uh, so is infinity war. And so is the time stone. Boom. And it's green. I like the way that I like the way the green shoots. Uh, especially when Doctor Strange yeah. is in it. It's pretty badass. Yeah. And the I like way, the way his head moves. Yeah, the head is pretty cool. And the 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 way Thanos ends up using the time gem in Infinity War is totally a badass scene. Like, mm-hmm. when I watched that back, I was like, this is fucking cool. Because they kind of pull the rug. Mm-hmm. They kind of give it to you like, oh, yeah. And then they pull it right back out from under you. And it's awesome. I loved it. Uh-huh. Apparently, uh, in the original draft of uh, Infinity War... Um, Captain America wasn't set to show up until Wakanda. Um, so really? like, 
the last hour of the movie and the moment where Thor comes in, you know, with the, the Stormbreaker and stuff, that was essentially going to be Captain America's moment, but not with, you know, not slamming in like that, but mm-hmm. he's going to come in and save the day kind of like Thor did. And they ended up changing that to make it, make it a little more, uh, you know, obviously you can't have Chris Evans not be in most of the movie. <laughs> so they did that. And just to make it a little bit more even throughout. So, um, and plus if they would have not had that moment where, where Thor comes in with the Bifrost, I would have, I, th- that's half the reason why I fucking love that movie is yeah. because when Thor comes in, the, da, 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 I, I still have a boner from that. It's incredible. And it, Thor is just so fucking perfect because when he's holding open that star earlier, that's just so badass. Mm-hmm. Thor is such a fucking cool Thor has, I would argue Thor is the best character in Endgame or in infinity war because oh, it, yeah. he starts by having the, he, goofing off with the guardians and he's calling him rabbit all the time and he's mm-hmm. making uh making chris pratt feel inadequate and does all that then has the badass side mission and then shows up and shifts the tide of the fucking battle and then almost kills mm-hmm. thanos like he's by i don't even think he's close now that i think about it but everyone wants or we, everyone knows pretty much or at least we think that i could be completely wrong in a day when, I, when we say that when you know when after we see this but everyone thinks that like the person who's going to end up getting getting thanos is probably going to be Tony Stark or Steve Rogers or both, but it should be fucking Thor. Yeah. Like Thor's been dealing with the infinity stones like his entire life um, being, you know, being on, being on uh, Asgard and stuff. That's the stones have always been a thing. He's the one who kind of went off in that stupid mission. Like you said, an Ultron, but uh, he's always had that. He's been looking for the stones for a long time. Um, obviously he, you know, put, put, put a, an ax through Thanos it's i think he should and he's had like the the craziest arc and and this the weirdest growth but also just like he you know you've seen legitimate growth in him like in the first movie he's just very mm, thor and then now he's like a full-fledged deep character with different stuff that's happened he's funny he can interact with all the characters he's learned to to be a leader and stuff too like he'd never wanted to be a leader now he wants to be a leader now he's kind of leading these people and showing that he's got it and stuff so I don't know. I, I like you said. I love Thor. I, I completely agree. I think he is. I think he is the best. I would love to see him actually take down Thanos. Fuck yeah, Thor all goddamn day. Thor twenty twenty. I'd vote for him. And um, th- uh, they're they're finished starting uh, writing uh, Thor four, which is going to be impossible to say. <laughs> um, Taika Waititi's back on working it and stuff. So Fuck. Uh, it's not the end. Not the end. Not the end of Thor. And I'm so glad Taika Waititi's coming back because uh, he 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 completely refreshed that that franchise so yeah certainly certainly a welcome return uh yeah folks are going to be pretty stoked for that myself included so let us know what you thought of our list of the top five infinity gems and how you might rank them uh would you not put time at number one if so you're wrong but tell us about it on twitter and uh let us know your thoughts and that's that's effectively brings an end to this marvel month and uh we hope you've enjoyed uh the lead up and we hope you that this weekend you enjoy endgame and uh, I know, I know, I will be. I might see it a couple times. Uh, well, maybe I don't know. Eventually, I'll see it more than once in the theater. But uh, very excited to get to my IMAX show uh, in about twenty-three and a half hours from now. So very good stuff. Uh, let us know ahead of next week's show. Also, if you're seeing Infinity or if you're seeing Endgame this weekend, uh, let us know what you thought about it. Tweet us your reactions. Send us an email with your reactions. We'd love to hear from folks about um you know what what we collectively as the soco uh show and our audience uh, what we thought as a group about endgame because i suspect it's gonna be good things here's hoping all right so we are staying in movies moving away from the mcu 
And Seth saw a couple of movies over the last weekend. Uh, let's hear some of his thoughts. Mom, what do you think? I love it! I hated it! <laughs> That's never going to not make did, me chuckle. Did you go to anything? I didn't. No, I skipped out last weekend. Really? I was watching the MCU, yeah, man. Okay. I didn't have time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I had a chance to... I, I went to one movie and watched one on Netflix. Um, and then I also... Actually, I went to two movies. I, I'll talk real quick first. I, I did get a chance to take a, a recommendation, and I went and saw Little. Cody talked about it a little bit last week, but uh, some, some of my thoughts. Uh, it's, it's definitely uh, as... As a fun of a time as as Cody mentioned last week, it's uh, it's it, you know it's very, very uh, just kind of it's lighthearted, it's it's fun, it's uh, it's funny, it's uh, you know it's it's not you're not going to win any awards or anything, and it's not you know near my top of the list of movies for the year. But I thought that the characters really meshed well together. I thought um, the the little girl uh, I can't remember her name, but the one who's on Blackish and all that stuff. She is incredible. She is so good. Right. Um, she she's got all of the personality, all the charisma. She's got. She's has. She can. She can play badass, but she also can play fun and and you know, especially later on in the movie. Obviously, you know, it's kind of one of those movies where you know the character grows and learns some things. Um, when she's having fun and like just kind of embracing it all, that's that's when she's at her best in it. Her and is is the the main the main girl her. To her assistant, that's is that Issa Rae? Yes. Okay, I was like, I think I know who that is. Um, she is great too. Their chemistry is great. Her her chemistry with Regina Hall is great. Yeah, it's it's just it's just a fun movie. It's it's something to you know if you don't have a chance to check it out before it, it probably gets booted from theaters this week because of Endgame. Um, it, it'll definitely be on HBO uh, someday or Netflix. Uh, that's definitely a place to check it out. It's fun. Definitely, I'm glad I'm glad you liked it because I gave I went back to edit last week's show and I was like, man, I love Little. I was like, I don't know if it's gonna live up to how much I talked about it, but I'm glad that you had a good time. <laughs> I know you loved it. I didn't quite love it. it I mean, if I put it between our rating you know, our rankings, I would put it more towards, I love it, but I didn't necessarily love, love it. I mean, it, sure. it, 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 some points, especially up front when they're, when, when, um, Regina Hall is still big and Issa Rae, their interactions. I, I mean, obviously Regina Hall is meant to be a disliked character, dislikable character. And I didn't like her. Um, but it took a little bit for me to kind of buy into them mm-hmm. as like friends and stuff. But once that kind of happens, then, then I was fully on, it was fun at that point. Second movie. So I saw on Netflix uh, a movie that Jared actually reviewed as well. At Jared Buckendall. There you go. I was a little there slow to go. the punch there. You got me. You got me slipping. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, it's one that he he had he had talked about. So I decided to check it out. Uh, called Someone Great. Uh, it stars Gina Rodriguez, Brittany Snow, um, Keith Stanfield's in it as well. Basically, the main story of this is Gina Rodriguez, uh, her and Lakeith Stanfield have been dating for like nine years, I think. They, uh, She gets a job at Rolling Stone. And she li- currently lives in New York. Uh, the job is in San Francisco. She has to move halfway across the country. Her and Lakeith Stanfield break up. Um, so she's kind of, you know, heartbroken and stuff. Um, she wants to go uh, kind of have, because she has to leave in a week to go to San Francisco. So she wants to have... You know, one last night with her girls, uh, Brittany Snow, and I don't know who the other actress is, but she is great. Uh, she plays the the her and Brittany Snow to live together. Gina Rodriguez lives in a separate place, but they're all like three best friends from college. But uh, so uh, Gina Rodriguez wants to have this last night, but she's also still dealing dealing with breaking up with her boyfriend, and and it's one of those things like 
where those movies where it's like it's a break it's it's definitely like half breakup movie half girl half girls night out movie probably even a little bit more maybe even 75 percent breakup movie because like everywhere she goes in the city something reminds her of lakeith stanfield so they do that where they go back in time Mm. you know the screen kind of gets a little more fuzzy but they go back in time and show these moments and they come back and see how she reacts now and stuff like that so it's kind of one of those like it's like it's like a reminiscence uh the entire movie it's it's what's interesting about that though is like I bought into these characters so quick that with them reminiscing and, and all that stuff, you'd feel like it's a lot of inside stuff and it's a lot of like you you have to go a f- you know, long way to, to really care about it. But I was pretty instantly in. I think they do a good job of setting these characters up really quick and giving you a good basis and showing you know the personality of these characters. And then once they start delving more and more into the breakup of it and and then also the friendship of it you're you're brought bought in pretty quickly i i really really enjoyed a large majority of this movie i thought that along with like you know buying into lakeith stanfield and gina rodriguez as a couple i really bought into the friendship with with um britney snow and i again i don't know the actress's name but you know i bought into them being friends since college and and i think part of this too i I related to a little bit because it was like it kind of reminded me of like you know with you with you moving out you know like you were Gina Rodriguez and so we were you oh know, yeah like they were I'm having... Gina Rodriguez <laughs> and so they they were having you know like their kind of last hurrah you know kind of like we did before you left did you know some of the things we didn't see her have it same thing here so I think that part of it is why I bought into it uh, quite a bit I you know I had recently you know gone through some of those same things so uh, it was just cool it was, it was just a really enjoyable time I think it's one of those that like you can put in there with a breakup movie because it's, it's sad, but it's also hopeful. There's a lot of hope in it too. Um, so they, they, they do a good job of, of mixing all this together. Cause it could be a lot, but they all, they're also very uh, congruent with each other. They all make sense together. So um, I just really enjoyed the movie. It was, it's, it's an easy watch. It's not going to kill you. I mean, there's some moments that you might tear up a little bit, but um, it's nothing that, is going to really, um, you know, put you down for a day or anything like that. It's, they, they do a good job of making it feel, you know, hopeful. So I would definitely, you know, have on this side as well. Uh, uh, I love it on this, on this one. <laughs> You're so good at that. No, I'm excited to try this movie out. I think this might be another thing that I download for the planes. Cause this sounds right at my alley. I love a feel good rom-com as much as, uh, as much as the next person. So well, it's not, it's not a rom-com though. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's more of a, I would say it's more of a, it's, because the the stuff with her and Keith Stanfield, it's not funny. I mean, there, there's some you know happy moments, but um, it's not like meant to play for laughs. The laughs are with her and her girls. Mm. So it's that's more of like I would, in terms of the style, I'd put more of it like a like a buddy comedy drama, not drama, but buddy comedy type thing. But the the romance part of it, I would say, is a little bit more serious for the most part. Okay, well, I still dig it, and uh, yeah, I like a girl. I like a good girl power movie too. So. Uh, I'm gonna check this out. I'm gonna I'm gonna put this on my list of uh, Netflix downloads for the plane. Well, this final movie you can't put on downloads because it's only in theaters right now. But it's uh, one that if you were to do it, I would definitely recommend. It's called Teen Spirit. Uh, it stars Elle Fanning, um, sister to Dakota Fanning, uh, the Fanning Fam, as they like to be called. <laughs> are you Are you um, a fan? Are you a Fanning fan? I'm a I'm a fan fan. Wow. <laughs> I get after this movie, I am anyway. So yeah, the Teen Spirit. It uh, takes place in England, or not England. I guess it's I think Ireland in this, uh, but it's UK. So, Elle Fanning plays Violet uh, Valeski. I think is her last name. She uh, is 
lives in a she lives in like a house with her mom, very poor, doesn't have a lot of money. She is still in high school. Her she she is like basically trying to help support the family when she's not in school. She's working as a waitress, but then she also does sneak off uh, without her mother knowing to to sing. Her passion is singing. She loves singing, and so she goes to a bar. Not many people there, but she's clearly doing it just either for little money or just to you know for free to you know get more singing in, but. While she's, you know, kind of traveling to go to this bar, or at least home from this bar, something happens in this, in, in this meantime where she sees a sign for this thing called Teen Spirit, where it's a competition, kind of like American Idol, America's Got Talent, whatever, where um, they, you know, sing and, and judges, um, you know, take them to the next round to go to London eventually. Um, in between this time, while she's singing at this bar, there's this uh, older guy named Vlad who agrees because she's hiding it from her mom. She's hiding it from her mom. She has to have a guardian to be in this competition. Vlad agrees to be her guardian. He also is a former opera singer. So he's, he's basically agreeing to be her manager and help her out with her career and stuff. So um, that's the basic plot of the movie. In terms of, because once you get past that, it gets in more spoiler, spoiler ter- spoilery territory. In terms of like the overall, everything else of the movie, performances all around, um, Elle Fanning is great. Believed her immediately as this character. I haven't really seen her in much else, but um, I thought she did an amazing job in this movie of, of becoming Violet right away. The the guy who plays Vlad, don't really know who he is, but he is incredible as well. He's hard to understand at times, but I thought he, he did a really good job. Their relationship is the heart of the movie, seeing it grow. Um, and I think that that is that it, it was central and super important to it and is what really got me uh in, in this uh definitely a few points especially towards the end there's a few few tears welling up because of their <gasps> because of their relationship so um not not crying but you know well of course well not. up the music in this it's and that might, might be my one complaint about the movie because i did if you can't tell already love this movie but i think the 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 main complaint i had the music is is great and fun uh it's it's definitely stuff to to you know have fun and bop to but the thing that the like with a Vox Lux or a, or a Star is Born, the music is more personal in those movies to the character, and I never felt like the music choices in this were personal to Violet. There's definitely a lot for her to for it to be personal to. Like there's some her and her mom's relationship is kind of strained a little bit, um, but also close. Um, she her dad isn't around at all, so there could have been stuff with that. Um, with her kind of being growing up as a little bit of a loner, there could have been stuff with that, but they chose like, there's a few like popular songs that are on the radio now that she chose to sing. And there's, there's some other ones that seem to be more original, but nothing like if you listen to the lyrics and stuff in it, uh, and that's usually important with music movies like this is listening to the lyrics. It, it never really related too much to the character. So that was kind of my one disconnect. I really wanted a song to like drive home that now there's a song towards the later end of the movie that her performance drives that. But again, the lyrics don't really, for me anyway, didn't seem to relate. So, um, or at least not fully relate like I wanted to either way though, the music is fun. It's done super well. Um, it's, it's, you know, it, it never, none of it's really sad. There are a few ballads, but none of it's sad. So it's, it's, it, I think it, it's done well, but not as impactful as I wanted it to be. Um, the cinematography and the, and the, some of the shots and lighting are really cool. They use a lot of like flashing lights. I thought at one point I was going to have a seizure <laughs> because it just kept going and going and flashing over and over again, but it was cool. Uh, a lot of dark shots, but a lot of bright shots. They kind of mix those together. Well, they, I think the thing they did that was nice when the music wasn't quite relating is that they would put in shots uh, of it 
of the uh, of her like singing the song and making that relate. So like they would do a shot of like so she's on stage performing for the judges, but then they also cut to her uh, at home practicing and then like at school practicing or on stage at the bar practicing. Like they would cut that stuff in to make like it show her journey, which was cool. And they did that a few times. So the the shot was cool. Like the, and I think that goes into editing too a little bit. I thought so this director actually I think it's his first movie. I think he wrote the first movie he's written and directed. He's actually that he's an actor in uh, Handmaid's Tale. He plays, uh, I think Nick, uh, who is the uh, he's the kind of like the savior, the guy that she actually likes, uh, that Elizabeth Moss likes in in that show. I thought it was kind of weird because I didn't. He seems kind of young, and and you know, obviously, I don't know who is good at directing and acting for or directing and writing for shows, but for a first time director and and, and writer, I thought it was kind of cool that he was able to get a little bit higher profile of the movie out like that so but yeah it's it's just all the way done done super well um i the thing i also like too is it does feel very indie especially with the ending there's there it's an ending that not necessarily is like 100 percent thinker but it took me a second to realize what what they were going with with the ending and when it when they did that and i realized oh this is all put together i when i put it all together i thought it was really well done and i loved especially the last 15 minutes of the movie, I was super into, um, especially not giving a complete straightforward ending. I was like, okay, you got me here. So the only thing I really d- didn't like, other than the music thing, um, the thing I just didn't like at all, didn't connect to at all, and, and could have been completely cut, is they kind of force a love story in here, or at least like a, maybe not even love, but it's just kind of a, a you know, a a flirtation or, or an attraction in the movie that was, was 100% nece- uh, unnecessary. Um, I thought it, it was really just added in for the sake of time. Cause it was a pretty short movie and they kind of do lead it a little bit to something, but it, it, it was unnecessary. They could have worked around it or they, they could have probably made a better movie without it. Cause like, again, that's like a Vox Lux, uh, is that was never part of it. The story was strictly about the singer and about her journey personally and the majority of Teen Spirit was the same way, but it kind of got thrown off with this love story thing, and I just it just kind of turned me off for a second. Otherwise, though, I, I 100% the majority of this movie was was into it and was was loving it. It's definitely in my top five for the year uh, so wow. far. We'll see where it goes. You know, we'll see we'll see if it stays there, but it, it definitely is in my top five for the year so far. Uh, recommend it if you can check it out. I I think it had a very, very small and short theater run. Um, so it, it'll probably be one of those that you might have to check out later on on, on Netflix or VOD or whatever. But um, it's definitely one that I would say recommend, uh, and it falls into the I love it side. Boom. Always nailing it. Uh, I'm excited to hear that you and and also on the YouTubes at Jared Buckendall had a lot of great stuff to say about it as well. So I'm, I'm really excited to see this. This is something that's already been on my radar, and I was excited to check out. I, I really like Elle Fanning. Uh, and I like singing movies and I, I like the kind of neon look of the trailers and stuff too. So uh, I'm glad to hear that, that it's still, that, uh, it passes your sort of, uh, your approval and I'll be keeping an eye out, uh, like many of the listeners I'm sure will as well for, uh, teen spirit as it comes around on, on VOD or, or a, a streaming service later on this year. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting to see too, like all of these, I think especially kicking it off with probably a Star is Born, all of these music movies now. I mean, Star is Born, Vox Lux, Bohemian Rhapsody, um, Teen Spirit. We got um, Rocket Man coming out. We also have this movie that you and I are likely going to go see called Her Smell with Elizabeth Moss, actually, who uh, it's like a, 
again, this one's not based off anything, but it's it's a story of a, a rocker who's kind of past her prime now and is trying to make a comeback and is dealing with life and stuff. And it's a very grungy look. The the if you see the trailer for it, it's got kind of like a fuzzy like nineties looking hue to it. It's it's uh, pretty cool. So I like I like like you said, I love seeing these music movies. I'm not a big musicals fan, but when they make movies about music, I'm I'm always in. So especially if it, if it's, you know, kind of more of these like rock or pop stories because they tend to lead uh, the dirt's another one too. They the, the dirt came out. I didn't like that one as much, but you know, the, these tend to have just more more fun to them, but also kind of uh, the partying lifestyle and 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 showing like consequences of this this stardom. I, I really like watching it. So, fuck yeah, keep making them. We'll watch them. Uh, Someone great and Teen Spirit both getting recommendations from Seth. He loves them both. That's it for our reviews this week. Mom, what do you think? I love it. I hated it. I hated it. Speaking of things we hated, we got rid of the old new release rectal exam. And uh, but it is the end of April, the beginning of May, and so we gotta, we gotta, of course, uh, I've got to be quizzed on the upcoming films. So we're gonna have this week the first new release, totally not rectal exam. So Seth, we made some tweaks to the rules here. Uh, you're gonna, you're gonna give me five movie titles, and I need to get three out of five correct. And by getting them correct, what I mean is that I need to come up with an actor, the release date, and the director for any three of those five films. I have to get all three of those correct for three movies to pass the new release exam. Am I getting that right? That is correct. All right. Let's get into it. And the, the only other rule is that once you've started a movie, you cannot come back to it. Okay. So got to do it all at once. I love it. I'm excited. Yep. I've been studying. What do you got for me? All right. So your five movies. Um Pick whatever one you want to start with. D- uh, Detective Pikachu. Okay. Of course, John Wick Chapter 3. Right. Parabellum. Uh, Aladdin, Brightburn, and Rocketman. So I think five movies you're probably going to see. At least four of them, more than likely, you're going to see. Um, yeah. What one would you like to start okay, with? Okay, give them to me one more time. Detective Pikachu. Okay. John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum, Aladdin, Brightburn, and Rocketman. Okay, I'm going to maybe struggle here. Um, okay, I think I can get... Oh, you know what? I think I can get three of these. Okay, let's start okay. with John Wick. John Wick, colon, chapter three, <laughs> hyphen, Parabellum. Yes. Uh, John Wick, Keanu Reeves is the star of this yes. one. It's going to come out that is correct. on May 17th. Correct. And the I, I'm hoping I can say this right. The director's name is Chad... I think it's Strahelski. I think it's Stileski, but that works too. Okay. Boom. Got John Wick. I, 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 I'll give you that, that one. That one I made sure I knew because I knew that you would include it. Hell yeah, man. Uh, Best movie coming out this year. <laughs> let's go to... Um, <laughs> let's go to... All right, I'll give you your four remaining yeah. if, you, if you'd like, just to refresh. Detective Pikachu, Aladdin, Brightburn, and Rocketman. Okay, let's go to Rocketman. I have Rocketman. Rocket Man! I'm very excited for this movie. I'm digging the aesthetic. I love the music. Elton John is really tough to beat. Um, May 31st is the release date. Correct. It's got Taron Edgerton. I'm very excited to see him in this turn. Yep. And I'm pretty sure the director is Dexter Fletcher. That's correct. Okay. Um, That always reminds me of uh, of, uh, (laughs) on uh, Jimmy Fallon, the... (laughs) 
I think the the oh what is it the I think it's the campfire one, uh, Mr. Fletcher or something <laughs> like that. Is... Yeah, you have a license for selling hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is a good one. All right. So your three remaining movies are Detective Pikachu, Aladdin, and Brightburn. Okay. So, so you can you just got to get one of these next three. Okay. I'm struggling because I I think I know Aladdin, but I, I, I'm stuck between two release dates. I'm going to try for Aladdin. Okay. If I can't get Aladdin, I'm fucked because I, I, I don't know the other two. Um, do you want to try one of the other ones first just to see? Well, I can tell you what I do know. Um, P- okay. Pikachu comes out on May 10th and has okay. Ryan Reynolds in it, but I can't, yep. I can't think of the director. Um, okay. Uh, is the last name Weber? No. Okay. Yeah, I can't come up with that director. Um, the director is Rob Letterman. Rob Letterman. Yep, that's fucking it. Uh, I'm excited for that movie, though. Um, I'm interested to I'm see not. what they do with that. <laughs> uh, Brightburn, I'm very excited about. I'm pretty sure okay. that comes out on the 24th. Yes. Okay, and it's got Elizabeth Banks. Yep. Uh, I, I cannot get the director. Um, it's not a gun, is it? Is it the two? It's not gun? No, he's... He's producing, and I think his brother co-wrote it. That's what it was. I, well, who's the director on Brightburn? Uh, David Yerovesky. Okay, yeah. Was not going to remember that. Okay, Aladdin. I think I can get Aladdin. Okay. Guy Ritchie is the director. Correct. It's going to have Will Smith starring as the genie. That's correct. Um, the release date. <laughs> I'm going, I've, I've, I, I knew this earlier, and I'm going back and forth between two dates. May 24th. That's correct. Yeah. Ooh, that felt good. For three for the win. Yes! LeBron James at the buzzer! For whatever reason, the 17th was sticking in my head, and I was like, it cannot be the same week as John Wick. So I was like, sorry, well, John Wick, yeah, colon, there's... chapter three, dash parabellum. <laughs> um, th- there's a lot of like, uh, th- May is pretty stacked. It is because stacked. Because the 31st has... The 31st has actually three movies coming out. Um, The 31st has Rocket Man, it has Ma, and it has... Godzilla. Godzilla. Yeah, so that's a a huge movie weekend. Yeah, like you said, the 17th, the 24th, I think, has two movies. Uh, It, it, uh, you know, Aladdin and... Brightburn. uh, I can't remember... Bright burn. So yeah, like the May is May is fucking stacked. It's gonna I think it's gonna be a good month. Well and even uh the tenth, which is I think the light week, that that has Detective mm-hmm. Pikachu. That's also got the hustle, which I think will do some money. Yep. And May third um, is as technically the long shot, even sorry, long shot. Yeah. Even though you and you and Jared are seeing it earlier. Yeah, I'm gonna see it in about twenty minutes. As soon as we finish this up, I'm heading to the theater to watch it. I tried. <laughs> I, I fucking tried and sold out in less than twelve hours. I'm, at least I'm hoping I get in. I, maybe there's going to be a line there, and I'm not going to be able to get in. But I guess we'll fucking see. Um, so, did you do you already have tickets, or do you just have to? Is it first come I got, first? Serve? I got passes, but it's general admission, and it's like a. Ah. It's I don't know if they sold more passes than there are seats. You know, I I just don't know. Mm-hmm. I've never done one of these before, but I'm excited yeah. for it. So I'll let you know uh, next week how how it went. Um, but this I, this went well. I'm excited about this. We got some. We're talking about the movies coming out next month. I'm excited. All the movies that you mentioned. Uh, I will go see, and I'm I'm excited to go see. I know you're less you're less high on Pikachu than I am, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm intrigued by it, and I'm 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 hoping it does, it surprises me. But we will get to your your number one most anticipated movie of the year, John Wick: colon, yeah. Chapter Three Dash Parabellum. <laughs> oh fuck yeah, yeah man! I, that ah, oh, oh, <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> I wish I could be there with you to see it because that would be that's maybe as close as um, as close to MI Fallout as you're gonna get in terms of oh, yeah. excitement for it, being one one hundred percent. It's it, it's it's palpable, and I'm I'm really pumped for Avengers tomorrow. Um, but as soon as the final credit rolls on on Avengers tomorrow, I'm I'm definitely in John Wick mode, oh. and I'm oh my in John Wick mode is a mode. Uh, not many people can handle for for as many weeks as it's going to be for that to come out. So um, I'm I'm going to be running. I, I go and run every morning. I'm going fucking ten miles a day oh. uh, with with how with my excitement level. Watch out, world! Nobody pick a fight with Seth during May because he's in John Wick mode. Oh fuck <laughs> kick yeah! Kick in the, the balls and shoot you in the head. Oh yeah, the the streets are going to get beat and the nuts are going to get smashed. Oh my god! There it is, John Wick, part of uh, part of this this month's new release exam. Uh, and since I won, we're going to be the co and so host. It's been a little bit since we have been. So I'm excited uh, for May <laughs> as the so and co host. That's going to wrap. You're going to. You're. Go ahead. You're crying about the rules, thinking that they were going to be too hard, and you win. Yeah. Well. I, yeah. Okay. You were right. Is that what you wanted? You were right. Yeah. Meaning. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You weren't. <laughs> we're almost to the end of episode 91. Before we go. Let's give him one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. I'm going to recommend a movie for my one more thing. And this is a movie called Waking Life. It's a Richard Linklater movie, uh, but it's one that I had never heard of until just a few days ago. Someone recommended it to me and was like, you got to watch this movie, Waking Life. And it's an animated movie. And it's animated in a very wacky style. It's very, sometimes hard to watch. Um, the point of waking life is this character is going on this journey of like philosophical discovery and he's like dreaming or maybe not dreaming. Right. So like there's times when you think he's dreaming that he isn't. And there's times when you think he's not dreaming that he is. And, but most of this is centered around him having conversations with different people and they're explaining to him some philosophical issue. For example, there is an idea that at any given time, you as a person could be reliving your memories in your head and you, hmm. you don't actually have agency. You're just remembering shit that already happened. And so you don't have free will. And that's, that's an example of one of several topics that they bring up and they just talk about a lot of the time is just him sitting across from someone and they talk. The animation style is very dreamlike. It's occasionally a little bit visually disturbing, not in the subject matter, but like Certain things will vibrate or move or colors will be in a different way. And it's a little bit jarring, but I think it gives, it feeds to the, um, the overall mood and tone and, and subject matter of this movie. But if you're a, if you're a high minded brainy, like philosophical type, and you want to dive into some of this shit, I highly recommend it. I will say this sounds like the kind of movie that you might want to, you might want to smoke some dope but i would not suggest it <laughs> i i would i would i i was sober when i when i watched this and, and i don't know if i could have handled it if i was on performance enhancers so um <laughs> i say get sit down sober if you're a person who likes philosophy and those kind of things watch it it's not going to be for everybody though so make sure that you're into that kind of thing if you're going to go check this movie out but i recommend it for those who are i had a blast watching it and I, i've loved talking about it uh with folks who have seen it since then hmm that sounds interesting it's how uh, old is it um, I don't know when it came out. It does have, it has a couple stars you'll recognize in it, but they're animated. Ethan Hawke is in this. He's, he's typically in, um, Linklater movies. 
let's see, Waking Life. I rented it for a couple bucks. That's from 2001. So it's actually quite a bit older hmm. than I thought. But the, the animation is gorgeous. It's very cool. Cool. Sounds interesting. Well, my, my one more thing is not necessarily it's uh, it, it's nothing to recommend or whatever. It's just a little little story. Um, I was going to have this be uh, an opener to talk about. But, uh, of course, we had to we had to talk about the poopsie poopsie critters. <laughs> we had to do so. our shit toys first. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I uh, this this happened Monday. Um, I was I was kind of having a crappy day uh, Sunday. I had a mishap with with a flat tire and going up to see my family and stuff. I was kind of in a, kind of in a poop mood. And, uh, so Monday I was running late to work. I'm speeding to work. Uh, and then all of a sudden I, I look, uh, I'm in the right line. I see to the, to, to the left of me, uh, what looks like it's a, it's a cop car. Uh, it's the dark blue crown Victoria. I mean, you would, you would think it, it's a cop car. The windows are tinted. Um, whatever. See that, you know, the big, the big antennas coming up out of it. Hundred percent. You're like, okay, fuck, that's a cop. I'll slow down. It's not like it doesn't say, you know, the city city stuff on the side of it, or whatever. Uh, it's just, you know, it looks like an unmarked cop car. So I slow down, and I just happen to look, uh, look, kind of down towards the bumper, and I see the license plate, and the license plate is legitimately one hundred percent says not a cop. <laughs> <laughs> and instantly, my week was turned around. It was it was the best thing. <laughs> Because it was, it was, and it was quick too. It was like one of those things like, that's a cop car. Oh shit. Nope. Oh, not a cop. That's awesome. <laughs> like it was so quick because my, my brain had defeated itself there. Oh, I, I laughed so hard. It was, it was, it was a lot of fun. I love hilarious <laughs> license plates, man. I eat that shit up. Oh, yeah. And this is, that's, it reminds me of at the end of uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine where it goes, not a doctor. Uh, that's, that's what it <laughs> yeah. reminded me of. I love that shit. Not a cop. That's good. Not a cop. We've talked about. Uh, I've talked about a few license plate I've, plates I've seen here before uh, on the show. So that's one that I had to. I had to add to my continuing saga and continuing saga because it was such a such a quick snap moment, but made me laugh so hard. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. Uh, dreamy movies and funny license plates this week in one more thing. But I'm down to one more. One All right. Thanks for sticking with us through episode 91. This is going to be a little shorter show than I think folks are used to, but we had to to put the accelerator on because I'm rushing out of the recording booth straight over to Longshot at the theater, which I'm excited to go check out. And I got to get in line for some corn and nems before that goes. So uh, thanks again for joining us, episode 91. And uh, make sure that you come back for 92. Fair warning ahead of time. We will be talking some spoilers for Avengers Endgame, but they will be they will be very well documented and you will be warned. There will be a, a non-spoiler section uh, as well. So even if you're not seeing Endgame, come back for next week's episode. But again, be wary of the fact that eventually we're going to get into some spoilers. Um, we are excited to get to Endgame. Uh, some of you may have already seen it. Let us know what you thought. Join the conversation. Uh, next week we are going to be joined at Jared Buckendall by our good buddy from the YouTubes. So, uh, we're excited for a great episode. We're going to be doing it all together. Uh, I'm traveling to Iowa and, uh, excited to, 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 you know, have the smells that are associated with the podcast that I don't always get Hell yeah. as, <laughs> as it relates specifically <laughs> to the cell host. So, uh, enjoy your end game. Don't be a dickhead with spoilers, but, uh, have fun and, uh, yeah. Let's enjoy the week. We'll see you next time for episode number 92. But until then, he is Seth Ott. I am Scarlett Cohanson, and we will see you next week. Bye. Oh, yeah, dig it. <laughs> <laughs>
Let's go.